All right, so we're, we're talking about uh, last week about how uh, Jesus made some really um, incredible requests. One of, one of them is, you've heard it said, you know, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I'm, I'm telling you to love your enemy, Matthew 5, 44, love your enemy. And when we, when we hear this, where I left off last week is we really have two thoughts. One is that loving our enemy is not desirable, and two, it's probably not possible. And so for a lot of reasons, we, we put that saying of Jesus into the, uh, like the nice romantic category, like put it on a shelf and, you know, you can dress it up. And, 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 but it's not something that you're ever actually really going to seriously think about doing. It seems too hard. And it seems like that's something we would never actually want to do. So let's start with it's something that I would never want to do. I mean, the reason that they are, quote, my enemy is because I don't like them. <laughs> Therefore, it stands to conclude logically that I'm not going to love them. And this is how we think. I mean, so we just kind of put it in the category of, you know, well, that's the stuff that Jesus did, and we, we could never be expected to. But yesterday... Um, I was, I was at home making salsa, and uh, actually, you know, Vicky makes this great homemade salsa, and I just had a craving for it, and so I went to the store, and I got, well, I say all the stuff. I got most of the stuff that I didn't forget I got, and I got a, a bunch of the stuff to make the salsa. How many know when I got to the end, I realized the things I didn't have? Um, cilantro. Oh, I missed the cilantro. I know, I know. But uh, peppers and... And there's, you know, black-eyed peas and, and black beans and, and corn and, and, and onion. And I, I was cutting up the onion, and my buddy comes in, and, you know, I'm crying. You know, he thinks I missed him. And I'm, I'm adding all, all of this stuff to this salsa. And, I, and it dawned on me. This is what dawned on me. Now, you know, how I grew up, you know, in Flint, and I grew up pretty much on... SpaghettiOs and pizza. Did anybody grow up on my diet? And not that we're proud of it, but that's kind of how we grew up. And so like a vegetable was a very foreign item to me. And I didn't like, and you know what it, it dawned on me? I didn't like onions. I didn't like tom tomatoes in there. And it, here's what it dawned on me after I got done making this. There isn't one thing in that salsa that I would have eaten as a kid. Not one. The only thing I would have eaten was the chip. And here I was craving, literally I was craving it. Like, ah, oh, I can't wait to get all this uh, onions and, and peppers and tomato and just get it all mixed in there. And then we take these big chips and just scoop it and just, just devour it. And it's always just gone. And I, I thought, yeah, that's it. When I was a kid, I would have recoiled. Like, like Charlie, if, if I'm eating something like that, 
got like garlic on or something spicy or even something just kind of regular, she always goes, Dad, you smell. Get away from me. She's hypersensitive to that food. Like, I don't want to taste that. I don't want to taste that. But when you get older, you change. You change. The things that you thought you would never like, you like. Not just the food, but of all kinds of things. You, your, your tastes change because you're different. You're a different person than you were. And the same thing I think you could think about in this way. Right now you could think, I could never love that person. I could never love those people. I could never love that person. And I'm here to tell you perhaps you could. You just have to start there. Just give yourself this, perhaps I could. I'm not saying you got to walk out here today, flip a switch and say, oh, I love, I just, but what, what if you gave yourself this much room? Perhaps I could. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Perhaps I could. Perhaps I could. Now, what you have to know is you're being bombarded and conditioned by our society to tell you you're supposed to hate people, you're supposed to dislike these people, you know, and, and to try to push everyone apart. But Jesus says, love your enemy, pray for them that persecute you. And when he says pray for them, he's not saying pray they will change and be like you. I think what he's saying is pray for God's blessing, pray for goodness. It's like wishing someone the very best. When I was a kid, no way. And there I was yesterday, scooping it up. Do you know something? There's a different version of you on the inside. There's a different version of you on the inside. Let me tell you a story. In the, in the 1950s, um, in, in Thailand, there was, in a certain uh, village, there was a, a Buddha, and... Um, they were, they were having um, a particularly uh, dry year, and they started to notice that there were cracks in this Buddha. And so the monks got there, and they got lights, and they were looking into the cracks. And when they looked into the cracks, do you know what they found? Inside this Buddha, as it cracked away, was gold. And they started to investigate and they started to chip away and they realized that the clay was on the outside was getting baked and dried and they chipped it away. And what they realized was inside, which had been there for decades, of this clay Buddha was a solid gold Buddha. It had been covered up during a war to hide it from invading armies. And I thought, that's it. We have a hard time loving other people because we can only see the clay. We can't see through the cracks. We can't see on the inside. You know, down on the inside, there's gold. Well, let's take you for an example. How many know you got some cracks in you? Got some lumpy clay on the outside, right? And sometimes you're shining brilliantly, and sometimes you're a little lumpy, you know what I mean? You, and, and you got to go down a layer deeper. And I think what Jesus could do is I think Jesus could see through the cracks. I think the reason that Jesus did it, we ended last week with, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He could see through. It turns out 
most of our spirituality is about learning to see better. It's funny because when I got into this, then I started, I just opened up my Bible to the Sermon on the Mount, and I started noticing something. And, you know, if you don't mind, I'm just going to share a couple of things that I noticed, but I, I started to notice that Jesus talked about seeing a lot. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. That's the key thing, the key metric. How you see things determines how you are as a person and how you see the world. So I think what Jesus came to do was to help us all see in a different light. Over and over and over again, he talks about how you see. Now, before we get there, let me read a couple more verses from Matthew. He says this, um, I tell you, love your enemies, verse 44, and pray for those that persecute you. And then in verse 46, he says this, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? So, good thought. Tax collectors were kind of known scam artists, cheats in their day, all right? So just think of a, of a scummy cheat we would think of in our day. And, a, and a, even a tax collector or a cheat, they kind of know, hey, if you grease the right wheels, if you're nice to the right people, it goes good for you. Anybody know about this kind of stuff in life? Have you seen this happen before? It's kind of smart to just... Um, be nice to rich people, influential people, powerful people, because they can what? Do you? No, you guys don't know anything about it. They're very holy over here. I'll go over here. Uh, because, you, I know, you don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Because they can do things for you. And so, scratch, scratch. Which is why Jesus talked about in other occasions, he would say, invite someone to your party who cannot pay you back who can't do you a solid. He says, if you love people that love you, you're just kind of at the status quo. In other words, let's just be honest. Let's be honest. It's really easy to love people who love you. It's easy to love people who take care of you, who smile at you, who tell you you're wonderful. You know, not everybody loves me. Some of you are like, you tell me, you write me notes, and you come after me. Pastor Chris, that was the best sermon. Oh, oh, you just, oh, thank you so much. You just blessed me. And I, I always run to you after church and go for a hug and fill my cup up. And then, you know, other people are like, dear Pastor Chris, you've lost your mind. You know what I mean? And... They don't love me, and I, I'm, I'm conveniently another part of the building when they're around, you know, and, but, you know, it's harder, it's harder. It's harder to love people that don't love you. I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I'm talking about sometimes people just don't like you. Is it harder? But anybody, anybody can love somebody that loves them. That's, and so kind of what Jesus is saying here is he's like, look, that's just status quo. We already got that. Because then what's the parallel to that? You love people that love you, and you do what to people that hate you? 
hate them. They hate me, I hate them. That's how it works, that's how it, and, and by the way, I've, many of you are proud of that, sadly. Like that's the American way. I got no problem with that, you hate me, I hate you. But that's not the Jesus way, just so you know. If you can divide the two, that's not the Jesus way. He called you to something more difficult, more challenging. But the key, how do I love people that don't love me? Now, here's a, here's a question. Would that radically change our world? It would be game, set, match. If people could somehow love people that don't love them, could find the best, could find the gold underneath the clay in everybody, it'd be a game changer for humanity. The question is, how do you get there? And I think the key is you got to see differently. Over and over again, I found in, the, in this Sermon on the Mount, it was about seeing differently. And I realized that's it. We have to see underneath. Anybody can see the outside, the skin. Anybody can see the culture. Anybody can see the label. But can you see the soul? I think that's what Jesus could see in people. The deepest part. We talked yesterday, of course, we don't judge people on their skin color. And we, we talked yet last week about, you know, we don't really shouldn't judge people on their beliefs because a lot of times beliefs are connected to a background. And yes, they can change and evolve and we mature. But sometimes you say, but I can't judge them on their behavior. And I say, okay, you can, you can. And to some degree, and I'll use the word some degree, you should. This is tough. I know, I know I'm going to get some emails. Ready? And to some degree, you should, right? Well, how should I judge them? That's what they, I, I'm judging on their behavior. Except this. Anybody here ever have some bad behavior? I'll give you two in case you... Anybody here ever have some bad behavior? Like stuff, you know, like me, it's scary being me, you know, because like it, it is because, you know, I'm out and about, I see people, I'm doing things. Next thing, someone's like, I don't even know who they are. They go, hi, Pastor Chris. And I'm like, what did I just say? What did I just do? What, is anybody with me? Was I on good behavior or bad behavior? Anybody here ever have bad behavior? We have to rewind the clock and go, oh, man, I don't know. So if I judge a person based on their behavior, is that correct? I'll use Charlie as an example. Does my wonderful little four-year-old daughter ever have bad behavior? Just daily. <laughs> and what do you have to do? You have to what? Well, of course, as a parent, you're trying to correct it and grow them up and mature, but you also have to look past some of it. You have to look through it. You have to see the gold. Should people, by the time they're 48? Yes, they should, on the one hand. But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. You get to choose how you see the world. And you get to choose how you see people. And that's why right in the middle of this sermon, he says, therefore, I tell you, don't judge. The lowest level of seeing is just seeing the outside. In 1 Samuel, it says, man looks on the outward. That's what we do first. We look on the outward. And God looks at the what? Heart. That's the difference. Perhaps, think about this. 
This could be, this could be true. Perhaps all of what Christianity is supposed to be is this one thing, teaching us how to see. I wear glasses. The other day I had to get my driver's license renewed and I saw something on there that was, uh, I thought, a little judgmental, but they said, must wear corrective lenses. In other words, I'm not allowed to drive a vehicle if I'm not wearing these. They have so determined that my eyesight is so bad, I am not a safe human being with a vehicle in my hands without these. And I got to thinking, you know what? Most of us need corrective lenses just to live our life. Hmm? Most humans, it's like, needs corrective lenses to exist. <laughs> is this true? Sometimes you read John chapter 9. Sometimes do yourself a solid and read that. And it's about Jesus. He sees a man who was born blind. And like so many things in Scripture, there's layers of truth to it. And when you, the top layer is he heals a guy that's blind, but that's not the deep meaning of it. The deep meaning of it comes at the end of the chapter when he says to them, you know, if you, I came to bring judgment. And this is the judgment. People that think they can see really can't see. So then we're driving to church today, and I'm an old pair of glasses, and I had the old ones on, and, and I asked Vicky, because she's always like, your glasses are always dirty. When you get up there, people can see they look like cloth. And so she got this cloth, she cleaned these off the best she could, and I put them on, I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're beautiful, I told her, you know, okay. <laughs> wow, I can see. And that's the other thing that I thought about. I think the church in the early spirituality when Jesus, the Jesus part, handed us some fresh new glasses. He said, here's how you can see the world. You can see, here's how you can see people. Here's how you can look beyond all the other crud and the clay. Here's how you can see the gold. But at no time do I run my glasses through the mud. At no time do I smudge them up. But what happens? Anybody that wears them knows what I'm talking about. Just go through a few days and it just collects a little of this and it collects a little bit of that. Next thing you know, you can't see that well. You know what's happened over 2,000 years of Jesus handing us the glasses? I think they got a little cloudy. That's where the reformers come in. The prophets, that's where the people come in and they clean the lenses and say, I think this is what Jesus was, I think this is what he was trying to do. And you go, whoa. You ever been around a really good teacher? I mean, in, this, in the spiritual realm, man, they, they take all the smudges out. You're like, whoa, that's what we were supposed to see. That's what we're supposed to get. But if we can't see, we're in trouble. And if we can't see and we think we can see, we're in big trouble. Washing Charlie's hair this morning before church and, you know, oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody send me an email on that. Please tell me how to do it because it's soap and it's in her eyes. In my eyes, I'm look up. I don't want to look. She thinks if I look up, I'm going to get more. I'm like, no, it's going to. Oh yeah, yeah. She gets it in her. Every time she gets a little bit of water in her eyes, she's got to run out and wipe it off. You know what I mean? And then can't stand to have something on her eyes. 
So this morning she has it in her eyes and she won't even open it to find the towel. She's walking around the bathroom with her eyes like, and I thought, that's how we live our life. But we think we're seeing. And perhaps we aren't seeing at all. Can I tell you something? I do think Jesus was on to something when he said, love your neighbor. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, love your neighbor. What is the rest of the phrase? As yourself. I want to marinate on this for a minute before we share communion. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, a lot of people think that either that could mean, you know, love them the way you love yourself. But it could be taken, love them as yourself. When you see your neighbor, you're seeing who? That's you. Like, if I see Charlie through mistakes and temper tantrums and all the other things, good and bad, but somehow I see me in there. Anybody with me? I can love through all the, I can love through it all. But Chris, but there's some really bad people. There's some really... Choose what you want to see. I'm not saying endorse anyone's behavior, and that's not what I'm saying. But I think what Jesus came to do is give us this deeper vision that we've ignored for far too long. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And remember when Judas comes to Jesus? Remember this? And he betrays him with a kiss. And he says, do what you've come for. I think even then Jesus could see the gold. This is what I believe. Every human being was made in the image of God. That there's gold. Just sometimes you have to dig a little further. You have to look a little harder. And I think when we've grown and we're all growing and learning spiritually, but when we've grown, we can see through the cracks in the clay and we can see the gold in there. And all I want, all I want to say is this. Don't give up too early. Don't give up too early on good salsa. Do you know what I mean? There's a version of you that's going to love that. And don't say it's not possible. Because I think what happens is over time you change into a new person. I think this is the highest, I think this is the absolute pinnacle to me of the Christian faith. To love your enemy. Not to say you love them or to grit your teeth. You know, any parents here ever have your kids fighting and you say, apologize to your brother. Remember this? No, I'm not apologizing. And then it gets intense, and the mom, you, you apologize, and you go over there with gritted teeth, only so you don't get whatever consequences coming your way, and you say, I'm sorry, with all the love and tenderness in your heart, right? And I'm not talking about loving your neighbors that way, like God forced me to, so that, that, that's missing it, completely missing it. I mean, it's here. It's like, I see gold. No, I know, I see gold. No, I don't like that behavior. No, that behavior is harmful, and, but I see gold in there. I think that's Christian. I think that's it. I think that's the pinnacle. And I think that's what he calls us to.